Welcome into episode two of Crime Time with Clip and Judy. I am the Clip in the Clip and Judy. I'm Judy. In the Clip and Judy. Yes. Hello, Judy. Hello, Clip. Lily is here as well. Lily, do you want to talk? All right, fair enough. Uh, we are back with you, episode two. Um, and we are getting close to home. And this is one that I actually talked about on episode one, but due to some technology malfunctions, I believe I had to edit out me talking about this case. But this is one um, right down the road from Washington, North Carolina, and uh, a case that I remember first knowing about probably when I was too young to know about it as a child. So when this happened, you were living in New Jersey. Yes. When did you first hear about the Leith von Stein murder? Well, I was living in North Carolina uh, as a college student, and there was a like a mini series or mm-hmm. movie, TV movie about it, and yep. that is when I heard about it. I remember that, and I remember watching that, and I remember my dad has the uh, the book that was written about this. There are so there was that TV miniseries whatever that was uh there's a book also if you would like to see more about this you can find it on television we were able to pull it up on the discovery id go app and there were there were two shows uh that covered this case one in 2016 called blood relatives which we started watching and it was so awful it was terrible we decided to try to find a, a different show to watch on it uh, and we found one called Dark Temptations, which was actually much better as far as describing the case. And there was something in that episode that we'll talk about once we go through the case and everything. Headphones okay? They're too big. You don't have to wear them. You can hear me. Okay. You can hear me without them. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Judy's still learning the uh, the audio side of podcasting um but so the blood (laughs) relatives episode it was first of all they over sexualized it everybody had their shirts off and everybody was very attractive it was really inappropriate it was there was the scene with like a woman in her brawl yeah (laughs) and then so we were like all right this but the thing that really made me want to find something else uh, another source for this uh murder was when they started breaking out cell phones this murder happened in july 25th 1988 yeah there were no cell phones and we're talking like smartphones yeah it was like maybe really... you could have gotten your car bag phone and called somebody maybe probably not i don't know 1988 i don't know what was no. available then but I, so they were kind of they were telling their own story just about it was yeah it was really crazy so we watched uh the episode of dark temptations which was a more accurate descriptor of what happened also uh once again there is a book um and blood games is the book jerry bledsoe i can't believe jerry bledsoe actually agreed to be on that show we watched yeah that was (laughs) because he was he like wrote a book about it in 1991 um there was also a book called cruel doubt that's the one my dad had cruel doubt and that was also the name of the okay that TV was the name of the series. tv 
so uh this is a, a popular case and once again right uh right down the road in washington north carolina so any uh further background before we start to dive into it didn't you say like your um your dad called you and we're like hey this is like right down the road yeah he told me to watch it and he said this this happened near you and i was thinking that's not really near me but you know now i i know a little bit better if you want to find some um reading material on this there is a very lengthy and detailed blog about it i guess criminal misconduct a true crime blog of people behaving badly murder in little washington is the title so if you google some of those words you can find this and i learned after knowing about this case seeing the movie and everything they have some details in here that really bring it close to home right so we'll we'll get to those uh, in a moment but first of all so here's the background you've got leith von stein who married bonnie von well bonnie previously pritchard i don't know her maiden name but bonnie bonnie married bonnie <laughs> uh bonnie had two kids from a previous marriage chris pritchard and angela pritchard so we are in july of 1988 um leith is doing well financially he just inherited about a million dollars from his father passing away yes and then his mother died four months later of a broken heart so he inherited their fortune so he inherited a whole lot of money like 1.2 million dollars in 1988 i mean it's still a lot of money i think they said it would be like around three yeah a little over three million today so uh they're doing good in washington north carolina um at this time in 1988 so they're living at home chris is a student at north carolina state university he is a college student. Angela is a high school student still living at home with the uh, with Leith and Bonnie. Leith von Stein. A what a name. Cool name. Huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, a 911 call comes in at 424 a.m. And it is Bonnie on the phone, the wife. And uh, she called, asked for police and an ambulance and said there was an attack and the intruder could still be inside the home that's really scary yeah if you're still living and you think like the person might come back and you know finish you off yeah so she and they said how and there's a lot of quotes from the um the 911 operator in that blog and the 911 operator is on was on one of the shows that we watched as well the yes. actual operator and they kept repeating and talking about how quiet she was speaking and that was probably a because she was scared uh that somebody was in the house but b she had been stabbed yeah her lung was collapsed yes and uh had a major wound uh in her chest so she has been attacked and we'll find out who else and what else has happened in that house uh so they they get to the house and (laughs) so we're watching these docudramas and we're like why and some of the shows that first show we watched kept they put like reptiles in the show like snakes and iguanas yeah that aren't really there but they just put those in every episode of that particular show blood relatives or whatever so the second one we watched there's a, a rooster in the house but that's true they really did have a, a pet rooster and cats there was a rooster well, it was chicken i don't know if it was a rooster a chick we're gonna have to go through the 
Yeah, we'll have to. We need an animal expert on the show. Yes. Can we get them online one here? I bet it was a chicken. Like, a, a rooster is not, you know. Maybe not it's they don't have an alarm clock, and they use the rooster as an alarm clock. I think it's a chicken, because the chicken is, you know, roosters are kind of mean. Chickens are good pets to have around the house? Sure. How about that dynamic of a chicken living with cats? Right. Multiple cats. And we know about the um, this because we saw it, but also she told the police. Please don't hurt. You can really kind of tell what kind of woman she is. Like she's worried about other things as she's about to die. And I don't know if she knows about her husband. I think she knows about her husband at this point that he has been brutally attacked as well. And she's like, please don't hurt the cats and the the chicken. And she was also had to be concerned. Her daughter was i didn't hear her mention the daughter well i think she was concerned <laughs> she told the police that that she was sleeping next in the room next door kind of reminded me of you if something happens you would take care of the cats first and then worry about <laughs> lily and i because they're helpless little kids. uh but i did find that funny but yes yeah, so angela is at home the daughter and more on that in a moment so it is a really gruesome crime scene and and something that stands out to me is when they talk about blood being on the ceiling and i gotta imagine they're in a a nice house so i would imagine they have pretty high ceilings you know yeah but even with your standard eight foot ceiling that's tough. right yeah yeah so blood on the walls blood on the ceiling blood everywhere It it was a violent attack and you made a good point a little cheeky but like a good point that they were talking about how it's the worst scene they ever saw and everything and you're like well how many murders you think they have and i was like yeah probably not too many in washington but even if they were in an area where there was murders occurring all the time it would have been an extreme scene sound like it was a lot yeah yeah definitely so i guess when they arrive bonnie is on the floor and Leith is in the bed. They couldn't find her at first, right? Uh, she's like on the other side yeah, of the bed. Yeah, and they could hear her, but they couldn't find her. Ugh. That's just yeah brutal to think about. Well, that sounds probably... Um, maybe she couldn't see him, though, from where she was, you know, laying. Maybe she couldn't see how bad it was. You're her. saying, like, maybe she didn't know what had... Well, I think she knew what happened, but I don't think she saw him, like, laying there, you know, bleeding out. Yeah. So, Leith is in bed. They try to revive him, but he is dead. He's dead. And he had been stabbed. He had been beaten. He had been, like, beaten. So, I think Bonnie even said, because she had the knife wound in her chest, she knows there's been a knife involved. But I think she even told him that there was a club or a bat involved as well, right? Yes. So, he had been beaten and stabbed repeatedly yes like his skull was literally crushed in and bonnie is on the floor now i'll i'll just stop at this point and say how many datelines 48 hours have we watched where there's been a murder and then the other person has a gunshot wound or a stab to make it look like that they were attacked as well so you gotta you can't rule out anything at this point and the cops didn't rule it out because uh they were thinking that well then they have to cover all their bases right. but well, is I mean, bonnie that's... involved is angela involved we hadn't got to angela yet we will in a moment um so and jump in at any point if i'm missing something here 
I'm going to get to Angela in a okay. month. You know, I want to get to her. But so they're but they're looking over the scene and saying, "This is a nice house, a lot of stuff, money. You know, nothing's missing." Well, her purse. Well, a purse was dumped out, but it didn't look like anything was taken. But in their bedroom, there was actual cash laying out. <laughs> Well, you don't even have to exchange the gold for cash. They're making it easy for you. Take the cash. He had a watch on, I think they said. Like, they had all their jewelry on. They didn't take the jewelry off of the people. They just... Wait, so they're sleeping in their jewelry? Yeah, that's weird, right? Were they asleep yet? Hmm. I don't know. Do they say what? They were in bed. What's worse? Somebody beating you in the head while you're asleep or somebody just jumps in your room and starts beating you? Do I have to choose? <laughs> uh, I'd probably rather be asleep. Maybe you wouldn't feel it. Oh. Okay, you want to be awake while? I mean, what? You're giving me two bad options here. I'm sorry, but th- this is the case in front of me. All right, well, you pick one. Why not? Do you feel like you, if you were awake, you could like you could grab your bat? Well, yeah, but that you didn't give me that option. You're saying like, would you rather die in your sleep or die when you're awake? Like, I mean, it's really scary. Okay, right? if you're giving me an option to fight, then I'll try to fight. Yeah. Okay. But it's just... <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> um. So nothing missing, and now we get to Angela, the daughter. She uh, is sleeping. The way they make it sound, she's still like sleeping when they get there, right? Like, yes, walk they in. had to wake her up yeah so just to put out what's happened here police arrived ambulance arrives there's a dead man in a bedroom there's a woman who has wounds all over her on the floor and a sleeping girl and um bonnie said that leith screamed he screamed right and she didn't hear that but Okay, I've thought about this, because I do... That's really sketchy. Well, let's give the reasons they give as to how she couldn't hear. Okay. She, It's uh, Eastern North Carolina in July. It's really hot, and she sleeps with a box fan. Okay. Like a, a box fan. They, they kept talking about that, like... Okay, well, we recently had our air conditioner go out on us <laughs> and we had to in fact sleep with a box fan and i think i have hearing damage from that thing <laughs> so you i had a ceiling fan yeah we had ceiling fan box fan 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 so you are giving this reason credence i do think it does you know and they're not in a mansion they're did you ever see some. the house I mean, it's a nice house, but it's like, not how like far that. away do you think those rooms are? It like, was right next to it. Oh, okay, so it is okay. But right. I do feel like you might, it, like, I don't know. I'm a sound sleeper. You know something they didn't talk about in the show we watched. While we're talking about speculating, Bonnie and or Angela, the the ice water. Okay, that's what I was going to talk about. Okay. okay. So then they said that she had a glass on her nightstand glass of water and the ice hadn't melted so again we're in eastern north carolina summer so hot she needs a loud box fan on but i thought about that too when, like think about our children and when they go to sleep like they're young people they literally lay down and go to sleep it doesn't take like they're not tossing and turning and thinking well about uh, but she's a high school student 
right lily lays down and goes to sleep pretty instantly right i mean she's 13 oh my god she'll be in high school that's next year oh my god okay i just had a realization live (laughs) on the air there um okay so so yeah that that was just a a red herring type of thing to throw in but i still think there's that there's some it still brings some doubt she could have been awake before right before it happened while it happened and pretended not to hear it or been involved or i don't think in today i don't think that that would have been dropped oh i agree i was gonna say that too they would have been like tests done and everything oh yeah there's you uh find out now she passed a lie detector test she and bonnie, bonnie passed, passed a lie detector because there was speculation on them right so they and that they do that on all these a, cases but i don't think a um i don't think a 17 year old girl could like i i think she, you know she really did pass the lie detector test I don't, I don't like lie detector tests no but i don't think a i don't think she's old enough to be clever enough to be deceptive <laughs> to <Wow>. pass <laughs> i'd say women are deceptive the minute they're born <laughs> folks um yeah I, I always i get nervous thinking about having to take a lie detector test knowing i didn't do something but I you think, know what i mean but i think the um i think the person taking the test accounts for that i think there's well anyway they passed right they passed so and at that point i think with that and the injuries to Bonnie, like Bonnie was probably cleared very early on. Yeah, like, I don't. Would I do this to myself? Uh, I don't know really how long Angela was a suspect, but I think pretty early on they realized that okay, she was really sleeping. She didn't do this. She wouldn't do this. So, so where do we go next? Where's the son, Chris? Chris is at NC State. He's at summer summer school because he's not doing great well i was in summer school at ecu just to get like classes done right but i didn't do great in college so now I, yeah you're right yeah <laughs> i guess if i'd have done what i was supposed to do in the fall i wouldn't needed to do those summer courses right i think he was trying to um but, you know and he wasn't achieving his goal of bringing his grades up in the summer session either. yeah so he is at nc state he was not there um so if it wasn't chris because he wasn't there he was in raleigh and it wasn't angela oh, and it wasn't bonnie to mention about angela when they told her what happened she had basically no reaction uh, she didn't you know get upset she didn't cry she she literally had no reaction which is a huge red flag right but also um the teen years are tough i've had a 17 year old girl and they don't you know <laughs> they're tough they're a tough crowd yeah so but anyway it's not angela yeah we've uh we've got past that at this point so they got to figure out what who why and also with the no missing items and everything cash not taken that it didn't feel very random so they're still looking for somebody close to to the family um let's see so bonnie says she saw a shadow figure walk up and stab her but cannot identify the i couldn't 
i think give a lot of details on it right right but saw a shadowy figure in the night in the dark so which is so terrifying now i don't know the timeline i think should we get to the uh the pitt county farmer or are they already looking at chris should we talk about well, we, chris we or the farmer about him getting he has to get back to little washington from nc state okay uh angela calls him like very early on that morning on the morning of the uh 25th of july 1988 and tells him what happens and unlike angela he is he's majorly distraught yes he's just freaking out and he claims that he cannot find his keys so he goes out and one of those like emergency boxes he he asks for the campus police to help him get home and they, and they drove, gave him a ride they right? drove him to the police department in washington and we're talking 1988 folks he's got to go through kenley and wilson <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh, long ride <laughs> he goes by that big guy yes the big man at the tire place or yes. whatever um yeah that rides a lot longer then than it is now uh but yeah that was pretty interesting good on nc state though right yeah allowing yes. their resource officers to take him all the way to washington after a tragedy like that so all right anything else on when he gets there i don't have this in my notes or anything. i think um i think it was in that the blog that you mentioned mm-hmm. and i think that they like almost immediately his over-the-top reaction oh yeah it immediately made them think yeah i read yeah i read that where they said (laughs) chris was almost there trying to get there but couldn't quite get there as far as like sincerity i guess yeah so we've got angela no emotion chris too much fake emotion so again angela has kind of been cleared at this point so maybe i don't know there's just a lot of speculation they're looking for a suspect at this point so not ruling anything out and uh they're starting to at least look at chris right yeah oh they i think immediately he became so again i will ask you do we go more into chris here or more into the pitt county farmer where should we go from here okay now i guess we could talk about the pitt county farmer all right so they don't have much right now and we'll you mentioned this last night after we watched everything there's not a lot of physical evidence tying the murderer or errs to the crime right right it's there isn't like blood or dna or any from of the other people there well so all the massive blood that's in that room is the two victims yes as far as we know yes and and there weren't like fingerprints 1988 i mean dna they could have got something fingerprint but there was none of that too right Right. yeah so they needed something like they needed a smoking gun well guess what they found a smoking fire we'll be right back just kidding that was a perfect (laughs) setup for a commercial um so again this is in washington north carolina so you think about going back from washington to to raleigh so i guess the hero of this case is a hog farmer <laughs> and they're the heroes of this earth um bacon might have probably 
would have got the suspects to break eventually i'm gonna say but this evidence but would this not have been found correct and this is the the smoking gun uh noel lee noel noel or noel n-o-e-l how do you say that noel 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 it's probably noel 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 lee i probably would call it noel but some of you might know that name or that family family um so 4 30 in the morning uh did they say what time well yeah i thought they did for wow is it really that okay okay so here's your time okay like he he nearly ran into them right who the the murderer oh oh oh! you talking about the farmer guy farmer yeah so 424 the 911 call came in this is at four around 4 30 in the morning so we don't know how long after the attack uh bonnie called oh yeah could have been 30 minutes could have been because she could have been knocked out so there was an attack and boom the attackers are out of there they're back on the road to wherever they're going um and bonnie eventually makes the call and then around 4 30 noel lee sees uh because farmers get up early i am aware that's probably why you're not a farmer huh very much so um he farmer lee had just finished the process of loading up hogs at his farm it was uh, roughly one mile over the beaufort county line so wait he's already done work an hour-long process this man was up at 3 30 making sure we can eat our barbecue um and bacon in your case i love bacon <laughs> poor chops um he saw a fire and this is still dark outside so pretty easy to see a fire when it's dark outside um he drove over to it thank goodness he was nosy he said it was about three or four feet in height so not huge but not a small you know maybe didn't want it to turn into a forest fire or something but he wanted to know what's going on here i wouldn't have done that by myself i know i always think about that because i see these um it could be a horror movie it could be a true crime thing but like unless my family is in immediate danger or somebody like if it's something that doesn't involve me i'll say that and i see something like a fire in the middle of the night and uh, you're not going to investigate it i'm not going by myself i'm calling somebody to investigate it or i'm calling somebody to go with me to look at i'm not going solo um, that's out of the question <laughs> i've just seen too much so he goes over checks it out um it burned so brightly he knew instantly it had been fueled by something so that somebody was probably trying to get rid of something burn something um and he he did not at that moment do anything about it right oh okay yeah interesting but that's good too though right because do you think he really was smart enough to know this could be he better not mess with this this um do you think he's no i think it was more like eh not much going on here okay you're saying maybe he was like i don't want to no i think he was probably done with it like that was a fire did he put it out uh don't know didn't say hmm. i think he was like well i gotta get back to work 
these hogs ain't gonna hog themselves you know so, <laughs> so that was just a weird thing that happened this morning at work probably went home told his wife like hey that was weird but anyway all good so then he hears about the murder and is like wait a minute that was minutes before i saw this uh fire so alerts authorities and great on him yeah farmer lee um he remembered the exact time he noted the fire and where precisely where it had been burning so very attentive when it came to that this is what freaked me out he was able to take detectives so that was on that was monday he took detectives on tuesday so this happened pretty fast so i guess he probably heard about that murder later in the day right yeah it's probably on the news yeah oh i'm sure it was so first thing monday morning all this happens he goes about his day later in the day hears about that murder and then the following day he's already taken authorities out there um he spotted the fire grimesland bridge road off of state route 264 and i've been i've been on that road like that's close i'm glad i didn't know this as a young child like i just knew washington and 20 minute drive when you're a kid seems like a long ways like kinston and washington seemed like a different state to me when i was a kid (laughs) um but wow grimes like that kind of tells you so they're coming that means the murderers can were coming west you know what i'm saying and they they didn't head north south or to the beach they were heading back west and they had to know their way around um, some back roads there well how do you do that there's no gps judy how would you know your way to get to somewhere a map that's right dora the explorer (laughs) said it best a map um so the investigators looked at the fire they found um a socket for a wrench don't know what you would use that for in a murder uh burn remnants of blue jeans a sweater the bottom of a reebok sneaker a large hunting knife now there's something uh it's handle and a six inch blade blackened can you burn a knife like that like sure okay whoa the way you said that with confidence and so quickly really freaks me out Uh, um, and also some wadded sheets of paper that were partially burned so that was tuesday they went there on wednesday detectives returned to photograph the area in daylight and do a more thorough search it looks like nothing more of significance was found during that thorough search um but so they've got a knife they've got the paper and those were the biggest clues in but this how case. Do you, how do you burn evidence and not burn a map? What map? It's just paper. Oh. But guess what that paper turned out to be? <laughs> Sorry. I thought we'd already introduced map into the <laughs> we kind of did. We kind of did. Well, it goes to show, I guess, like how quickly they were trying to get out of there, maybe. And maybe how inexperienced these murderers are. They are not professional hitmen. It's a good question. How how that fire is so noticeable, how there wasn't a accelerant on it and paper doesn't burn. That's called karma. Yes. That's called like you're gonna get caught for doing a bad deed. Um so 
you're right judy that piece of paper was a map that they were able to piece back together and also they knife after being examined it says found to be consistent with the wounds that leith von stein had suffered so maybe it was you know a little damaged from the fire that's not like the ballistics testing they do where they're like this came out of this gun but it is like it wasn't a machete it wasn't a sword like it was a knife that could have been used you know in the murder probably not a hundred percent like in court but like 95 i don't know i think they were pretty confident it was the murder <laughs> weapon <Okay. laughs> all right um so on the map they were able to uh to see a word and everything lawson they saw uh what looked like boxes which were homes squares they had a uh square with an x written on it and they saw the numbers 110 the address of the von stein home 110 lawson road they have found not a treasure map but a murder map but in some ways looked at perhaps as a treasure map by some more on that in a moment um okay anything at the funeral they got notes on the funeral at the um oh you pointed out so the murder was on a monday on friday washington's annual summer festival began and the family was there at least uh chris and angela yeah they went the children went the stepchildren yeah the stepchildren of leith the son and daughter of bonnie correct yes okay um now so they've got all that they've got the map and at this point they start to look at because they still don't have like real suspects at this point well i i don't think they i think they immediately um felt that chris was involved but they just had to find out and he had alibied himself to be at at raleigh he had like been out partied he was playing a board game wasn't he well we know one game he likes to play right but i don't think he was actually playing that (laughs) so we start to learn about chris and this is what i remember from a child and being terrified chris played dungeons and dragons and these shows that run like to to hammer that point home although i think for good reason because of anyway so chris and his friends played dungeons and dragons um i I should point out here that i have played dungeons and dragons one time and it was with my stepchild (laughs) you really should i be freaked out right now um no i've got one great thing going for me i don't have any money so if i'm murdered nobody's getting a dime and your your bonus kids live kind of a far far away <laughs> they've chosen to move chris wasn't at home okay well one of them lives in another country <laughs> and the other one's in texas all right uh hopefully i'm safe so the dungeon master was james upchurch and uh also went by bart i guess um he's the dungeon mass master and it is described as he has some sort of influence over chris perhaps uh chris and his friends not only played the board game with the dice and everything 
but also acted out some of the things from the game they would go in the tunnels at nc state with their they would dress up they would have wooden swords well it's a role-playing game right isn't that the point so they took it to the uh to the max with the dress up and everything um and we've got another friend in the mix here so we've got chris james aka bart and there is a neil also and police start to circle in on chris and his group and put a little pressure on them right and for a while you know nobody's talking do you know the timetable on when the first person starts to uh i don't and i i don't know um i guess i'm also kind of fuzzy on what i guess they just talked to his his friends and who he was hanging out with a lot and that's what led them to them to the the two particular neil and bart yeah his closest friends his closest dungeons and dragons mates um so they're putting pressure putting pressure and finally they get somebody to talk and that is neil and neil is described so bart is described as the kind of ringleader the overall bad influence Go ahead. is he the one that um offered them free beer to play like he was trying to get people to play dungeons and dragons around nc state oh so he kind of brought in right Chris. That's how he, yeah that's how he they saw the flyers around and that's how they all right they had flyers up at nc state which at the time uh was probably cool like i guess fantasy sports would be around then but not mainstream so i you know what would you do because there was no internet i don't even know if nintendo was out yet you had to do something with your friends you know on campus so this was uh something that chris was attracted to should we mention now that i don't want to mention it yet so anyway chris uh, was attracted to this gave him something to do so he and bart and neil uh were thick as thieves playing this uh dungeons and dragons so again bart was described as the ringleader chris the uh failing student and was influenced by bart and then neil did you say he too was uh looked at as meeker perhaps like yeah they went along with what the group was doing type of thing i think they they uh they honed in on him right because they felt he was the the weakest link yeah they felt like they could crack him because he was uh super smart yes and knew right from wrong as they all did but thought he might crack under the pressure type of thing so they start asking him questions and he did say that he was involved and bart was involved and guess what the stepson chris was indeed involved and not just involved but chris came up with the plan and his plan was like in dungeons and dragons you you have a map and you have treasure at the end and i think this is legit i don't think the tv show that we watched just set it up this way that he put it in those terms like he himself was on the show that we watched that's what i was putting off and we can go and get it out there now talk about it he was on that program that we saw the dark temptations he he himself was being interviewed he himself was talking about leith and how 
he was nice to him his stepdad that he had murdered was the nice guy to him and it just it it really was gross to watch because by the way folks he is not in i I feel like we're kind of going out of order here but chris is not in jail all right let's we'll let's, go back we'll circle back oh, we'll circle he does back. serve time he does we'll circle back yeah chris came up with the idea to kill his family that's a big spoiler <laughs> which one that we said he was in jail uh he came up with the idea to kill his family for multiple reasons chris kind <clears> of <throat> paints it as i'm failing i'm letting them down and he even said i this was crazy to me he even said i felt like the only option was the only way to stop letting them down was for them to be dead and they couldn't see him um you know failing if they weren't here i thought that is the most narcissistic way of well what's more narcissistic that or wanting money because the truth was money right Right. it was yes he wanted money he offered bart and neil fifty thousand dollars each and a car of their choice so he was going to pay them and buy them a car (laughs) already this just sounds like a terrible idea like let's say you got away with it immediately and then you start buying these two guys porsches which is what they wanted ferraris like yeah well he he told them all kinds of tall tales like he told him there was 10 million dollars right meanwhile it was two and then um he wouldn't even inherit the money until he was 35 oh really yeah yeah so this was a f- it was very immature right for three people who were very intelligent yeah it and it wasn't a super rash decision right didn't he have like some previous plans before this final plan yes yeah he thought about what was he going to give him sleep some kind of poison or something yeah and he was going to burn the house down oh is that what it was but he thought it would be strange if he was the only one that survived the house burning down oh he was going to be in the house right he was going to do it himself right yeah yeah and including angela angela would be so his idea was for them so he himself had an alibi and he's like hey how about you guys do it they'll never tie you back to me even though we're friends at nc state so chris uh, stayed in raleigh while bart and neil had the map went to his house followed the map chris gave him a key to the house we didn't mention this either that there was like what broken glass but the was glass it? was in was the door, it was like a i don't know if it was quite like a french door but it was a glass door and instead of breaking the panes in the in the door itself they broke like a window next to the door and you couldn't even reach in and unlock it right from the way they broke it a clearly staged event so they they kind of mugged that up um but they had a key to the house to get in but bonnie said that key didn't work oh so they did have to break in well the police believe that angela let them in wait like today they believe that they they that's their still suspicion really i didn't know that i didn't get to that part 
but I guess there wasn't, you know, nobody they, included that in there. They didn't mention it in that show we watched. Right. I was, wonder what the movie said about Angela. I don't recall. I don't either. Interesting. So that theory is still out there then. Like the, there's a, I think a. She let him in, got a glass of water, went to bed, and pretended to sleep. And um, Neil says that he thought it was going to be a burglary. And maybe Angela thought it was going to be a burglary, too. Because why would you let somebody in your house to potentially murder you? Because they also said that if they had to. There is also... So who did the murdering, Judy? Um, I know the answer. (laughs) Well... Who do they say did the murder? Chris and Neil said it was Bart. Bart, solo act. Yes. Because Neil was the driver. Correct. That was his job. Because Bart didn't have a license. Is that right? It was revoked at the time. Ah, I was... Okay. Well, that's why Neil made a good driver in this case. Um, So, Neil is the driver. Bart, James Upchurch, does the murder by himself that is the theory that they ended up saying is the final theory but there is some speculation that that may not be the case in fact you said where you saw uh where bonnie when bonnie saw neil the first time in court she had to leave the courtroom because she felt his physical build matched the person that she saw the story they go with is bart beat leith stabbed him and he is incapacitated at that point and i think on the show they say bonnie wakes up or reacts or something but anyway then he goes over to her does the same thing that is the the official story they tell that it was just one guy james upchurch aka bart um so and again i think in today's investigative times i don't think i think that would have been but i understand why they did it they had to get the deal with neil the deal with neil the deal with neil and they had to you know so they got two out of the three that were involved to roll on one guy now it is interesting that so just to wrap it up real quick um they start driving back to raleigh on the way is where they dumped the knife the map all that stuff and then angela called chris a few hours later so that was the timetable well the two hour two years after the murder is when it goes to court and everything and they've got the three guys chris pritchard found guilty of second degree murder neil got 10 years bart got life because chris and neil admitted to their roles well first wasn't he was he was um he was given the death penalty but he was granted another hearing so two years later they who are we talking about bart yeah i mean, we ain't got to bart yet. Oh, okay uh my because bart did not admit to anything right he says he, i wonder to this day has he admitted to anything i think he still claims his innocence which is wild but both neil and chris admitted to their parts now they didn't admit to killing anybody chris admitted to coming up with a plan neil admitted to driving and like you said that that helps them 
put the point the finger at bart give them a lesser sentence right right so it might be true or it might be just them trying to get as less sentence as possible uh but you're right so um second degree murder life for chris pritchard neil got 10 years bart got death penalty reduced to life in prison right correct um so life in prison for chris right yes no (laughs) (laughs) well life in prison isn't really life in prison life in prison without the possibility of parole in north carolina is life in prison but that was decided by north carolina supreme court after all these cases but you have to be um sentenced with life without the possibility of parole that's 80 years okay so chris is a college student at the time we'll put him at what 21 he's been there a few two years whatever 20 19 whatever um he get he served 17 years so he is out in his late 30s and it just seems like for a murder yeah that's why i looked up sentencing and it's really complicated and there's a whole there's all these formulas as to how they get these um these numbers and how many years you actually serve and if you can earn points to get years taken off and chris was a model prisoner he was a born-again christian well he is a born-again christian and now he helps troubled youth and his that's great but he's in his life now that is something yeah i don't i don't bonnie has forgiven chris and they didn't i don't know if they went into how close they are but at least a part so at least they are in communication or it, it could be like more they're than they're very close yeah great that chris is a christian great that he can mentor youth but he can do that from prison it just is, you know what i mean it's crazy to me that somebody could murder your loved one and life in prison could mean 17 years and he did you say he has a family or was that neil no he has a family yeah he's got his own family and maybe he really has turned it around but how many criminals get that option to do that like a murderers we're talking murderers well, that's what you hope right isn't that what you hope someone goes to prison and they become reformed but then you look at our prison system and you say how could that possibly happen well if it's drugs or something but like murder is pretty much one of the big ones right well i mean you could argue why would somebody i mean do people drug convictions are really do they really need to go to jail for that well, again, but there are people, you know, rotting for drug convictions. Exactly. Convictions. Um, and I did a hypothetical, uh, like I was obviously tongue-in-cheek joking when I said this, but like, all right, murder someone for a few <laughs> million dollars, and so everything's risk versus reward. Should I do this? I'm going to go, I'm going to try to do this murder here because I could get $3 million. Worst case scenario, I'm in jail for 17 years, huh? Well, I can get out and meet a wife and have a kid. And you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a very good. If prison is set up for like consequences, like you have to live with your consequences, this is not a good example of that at all. Well, I can't imagine that um, jail is pleasant and I wouldn't want to go there for any amount of time. 
No. So I'm not going to murder anybody. But I just, I don't know. I guess I'm still blown away when you see people who literally serve their entire lives in jail for, you know, dealing drugs. And this guy killed his stepfather. Maybe he didn't. he didn't kill him. But but he wouldn't be dead if it weren't for him. Yep. So Neil did 10 years. He may have, may not have been in the house. Bonnie thinks it was him. But uh, as the driver, he did 10 years. He's out. Judy looked up his home. That is really... And, Ra- and was it Raleigh? I googled his name. Or in and the triangle? you can... Gives you his address. Now, Dad, do you know it's the exact one? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because it mentions it in the... I don't know if he's had to do that, but he's he's done with parole. Because he's been out since 2000, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. 10 years. He's out. Uh, Bart still in prison, and he is not done well as a prisoner. He's had he's had issues. He is up for parole this year. I couldn't find anything. I don't know if it's been yet. I don't think he's going to get parole. What if you know after all these years he finally admits it? Does that help him or hurt him at this point? I or think you it? have to. I think in order to get parole, he's going to have to admit some kind of guilt, right? Yeah. And interesting to note that. Um, Chris Pritchard, he came up for parole um, and was denied. He did not get parole right away. He was eligible for parole, I think, in 2001. And he didn't get it till 2007. And again, we mentioned this earlier. Chris Pritchard is on the show doing an interview in The Dark Temptations. And it is just such a eerie, creepy, gross feeling to hear him talk about his mom his stepdad who he had he i mean he was gonna have his mom killed too right yes i mean does she still how do you have a relationship with somebody that yeah i mean people change and obviously he made a terrible choice and maybe she thinks it was just now he's you know a different person but it is nuts that he is up because all these shows we watch judy like we i don't know we see people in jail rarely do we see somebody that's admitted to what they've done do the interview so nonchalantly like that you know what i mean it was very creepy it was very strange yeah it was very detached so uh the leith von stein murder and uh the attack of bonnie von stein it was done by uh chris pritchard who is out today and uh just a a case that, again, as a kid, with the whole proximity of it, Dungeons and Dragons, which I didn't know what that was when I was a kid, but it sounded really scary. And the way they show it to you, the satanic devil stuff going on, like it, it really creeps you out. And now, kind of just like everything else we see in these stories, it's about money. Pretty yeah. Much. That's it. The Angela stuff's still weird, huh? Yes. Very, very strange. I googled her and I um I didn't have a a clear um link to her. Neil living in North Carolina where he does around where he was when all this yeah, happened. Still... Does he have to do that? Cuz if I'm him, I'm out of here. I'm living in North Dakota or something. It said he was a um he is the manager at a restaurant wow yeah so reformed and again if he 
only was the driver and i guess he could say i, th- I was the driver i thought it was a robbery that's whether you said. believe that or not is is one thing but if that is the case then okay maybe you see why he's out but anyway um anything else to add judy no all right (laughs) episode two crime time enjoyed it thank you for being here you're welcome all right let's leave okay bye bye